Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. I am joined today by Blake Wilson and Katie Roche. They are with Dominion Strength Training, and they are the home of American-made weightlifting belts. And I'll tell you why I like this company and why I appreciate what Blake and Katie are doing is because I myself own one of their belts. I own the three-inch single-ply starting strength belt. And uh, not only do I like the product, but their backstory and how they decided to start the company um, I, I'm really excited about. And I always think it's cool when people kind of pivot their lives to, to think they can do something, they can create something better, especially in the fitness industry. So um, without further ado, Blake, Katie, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's nice to be here. So let's get a little bit more of your backstory. I think it's really interesting. Share with the listeners where you guys came from, um, a little bit of what Dominion Strength is and maybe how you guys got to where you are now. Okay. So this is what happens when you let an engineer make uh, weightlifting belts. <laughs> so we both started in very different fields. Um, I had a job as a, a mechanical engineer. Katie was a microbiologist and we were into weightlifting and fitness. And we came to the point of needing some different equipment. And when the idea of needing a weightlifting belt came up, we started looking around to see what was available. And it was very strange. <clears throat> the things that were available that you could uh, get quickly, like on Amazon or something like that, were really very poor quality. And the things that were higher quality uh, that were made in the U.S., you had to wait, you know, two, sometimes three months to get something. Um, and it just didn't really make sense to me why there wasn't a good option that you could also get quickly. Um, so this was about four years ago when we uh, started talking about this. Is this something that we might could do ourselves? Uh, I had always had a little bit of a side gig going on with Amazon and selling different products there. So we thought, you know, maybe we could learn something about weightlifting belts, see if it's something we could, you know, source. At that point, we weren't thinking, hey, let's make this ourselves. That seemed like way too much of a big jump. But maybe we could source something, have somebody else make it for us, and uh, we could go from there. So that's that's kind of how it started. That was about four years ago. And then I guess we can, we can talk about all the intermediate steps from, from there to here. So, so Katie, did, did Blake kind of rope you into this or are you all on board right away? Uh, pretty much all on board. I, um, yeah, so I was a microbiologist, so I had absolutely no, uh, experience making a weightlifting belt, but I did have a lot of, uh, kind of QC experience, and uh, like experience, like doing a process from start to finish okay. that ended up being my job there is where I would teach people how to do something. It was like new technology kind of from start to finish and being really detailed and precise. And so that's come in handy. But uh, yeah. in, the in the beginning, um, we kind of fell into it because Blake was always my workout partner. Like we always, we always lifted together. We started training together. And I get a lot of comments from friends that are like, oh my God, I would I couldn't do that. Like I would kill my significant other <laughs> and we just got lucky. Like that's not how it's ever been for us. Like he's my biggest fan and he roots for me and it's like vice versa. And uh, so, yeah. So when it kind of snowballed and, you know, now we make belts, it was really like a natural progression of that. You know, that's interesting. And that's a very cool story too. 
what's interesting about that is I think you can tell a lot about a couple with how they interact in the gym, <laughs> right? You can, like you can I definitely, I, I miss people watching. <laughs> like now yeah. that we work out at their shop, I do kind of miss that. So Yeah, because you can tell, like I, I heard that too, like other coaches will say never train your significant other. Like I understand a little bit, but my, my wife, Melissa, is the same way. Like she, when we're in our, wherever we train, like in our, in our basement, if I tell her to do something, I mean, she's like, is this right? You know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's not like a, no F you, like I'm gonna do it my way. It's like, Hey, we're here. I'm rooting for her. She's pulling for me. So yeah. I, I can relate to that. That's, that's nice to hear. Oh, I will say though, that I know Blake's going to say it if <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> yes. And we, we have, our, we have separate coaches to be clear. Uh, <laughs> we, we pay for coaching. Cause I, I figured out that, um, even in person at a gym, Blake would say, Hey, okay. I think you need to keep your shoulder plates down on your bench press. And I would, in my like gut response was like, don't tell me what to do. And okay. so, but then the minute right. the coach came over, the minute the coach was like, you know, if you just keep your shoulder blades down, I was like, that's a really good idea. <laughs> and poor Blake is just like, okay, I'll just sit here. So I've, yeah, I've learned just, to only give advice when requested. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you're like, I guess, but you, you are a trainer, right? Yeah. So coaching, I, I just do it anyway. So right. I guess, I guess, but I know other coaches and trainers that have significant others that are still like, just, just shut up. and leave me. I just want to get through this. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, they're like, well, this is what I do for a living. Like, listen to me. They're like, no, screw you. Yeah. But, okay. So I, I take a little bit of that back then I'll take half of that. Yeah. Yeah. But we can <laughs> work together. We can work together and I still, you know, we'll show each other, we'll video our, our sets. Yep. And if he's not watching, I'll go over and say, do you think this is a, an aid or, you know, what do you think about this? And so we still, we still definitely rely on each other's feedback. It's helpful. Two brains are better than one. And Blake's like, I don't know, Katie, do you think I should? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going to give me like a second response. <laughs> Uh, very cool. So both of you kind of alluded to a past career. Um, is that the case? Are you all in on Dominion Strength? Is this 100% full time now? Or, um, I mean, you, you know, been doing this for four years now. Is it still kind of like the building process? I guess we're always kind of building, but are you, do you, are you still doing your, your former careers? Uh, at this point, we're all in. So we're, awesome. we both quit our jobs and we're both doing this full time. So how long has that been? Uh, it's been for about two years now. Okay. There was a little bit cool. of a transition period. Um, I ended up quitting my job first um, when we were first sourcing belts. Katie was still working full time. Uh, and then when we got to the point where we decided we were actually going to take everything on ourselves and physically be building the belts ourselves, that's when we kind of went all in and said, okay, we're both going to try this full time. Mm -hmm. And gotcha. we really... We really went all in because we we quit our jobs. Oh, I quit because it was I was the one holding us in Atlanta. Um, and then we moved states <laughs> and yeah. bought a warehouse, like Anne rented a warehouse and said, "Okay, let's make belts." So yeah, yeah. it was like double down, but it I mean it kind of makes you throw yourself into it, right? Yeah, you have to do it that way. I think there's there's the, the risk level, which is kind of nice because it sounds like you had a little bit of security for a little while with mm -hmm. Katie keeping her job and then Blake maybe going in uh, and, and kind of into the fire first. And then, and then you jumped in after, I mean, eventually you got to take the risk. Right. And that's what you guys did. Oh yeah. yeah. And I'm the, uh, oh, sorry. I'm the cautious one. Like, I'm one of those like cliff diving. I would never go if, if I wasn't attached to Blake. Right. Like he would jump first and then I'm like, Oh no, here we go. <laughs> but, um, but like that's, he's, I don't know. It's, it's paid off. Like I love my life now. So I wouldn't have yeah. it any other way. 
Yeah. And, you know, we don't mean to make it sound overly dramatic. We were never at a point where if this doesn't work, we're bankrupt. You know, right. we didn't go into a bunch of debt. We never jumped off a cliff, not having any savings whatsoever, any idea sure. what we were doing. You know, we tried to take it slow and methodical and it worked out. If it hadn't worked out, we wouldn't have, you know, jumped all in like right. we did. Um, so, yeah, there, there's some risk, but I, I think that gets played up a lot in these entrepreneurial stories sometimes, the amount of risk people take. It's like, yeah, we took some risk, but it was never not fully calculated, and we never you know, did sure. not have a, a pretty good solid plan B if it didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's important for people to know. I think, I think you're right. I just think that some – I think also sometimes when people – people have a roadmap, right? Like they, they plan methodically. Here's what we're going to do step by step. And then they tend to draw that out. They draw it out. Maybe it's one more thing I need to do before I, before I make the jump. Uh, that's one more sure. thing. And then next thing you know, everything's, it, it's just, it's taken for taken so long where you could have built a company, let's say in, within four years, you could have been up and running at full scale. And now you're six to eight years down the road and you're not fully committed yet. So it's just, it's cool to see that you've thought it out and then you made it happen. Steps first, it's just like training, right? You have mm-hmm. the big picture in mind you lay the plan out and then you execute. Right. Yeah. yeah and and also point. too, like kind of recognizing an opportunity. Cause I was definitely that, like I, I said, I was a cog in a wheel. So I worked uh, in as a microbiologist, but I definitely wasn't, you know, I was somewhere in the middle. Um, right. I'd hit my glass ceiling and I thought, okay, I can stay here forever and kind of, you know, this will be my life. Um, but yeah, to, I feel like everybody gets these right. And it might not be a business, but you get this opportunity that presents itself in life. And it's really easy to say, well, I'm not quite ready yet. So maybe sure. I'll do it next year. And sometimes that's not, I don't know, this has kind of really proven to me that sometimes you just kind of have to do it, even if there's a yeah. little risk involved. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about, let's just imagine people out there don't know what a weightlifting belt is. Um, and they don't know if they should be using one. So let's start with what is a weightlifting belt exactly? So what what is the product that that Dominion Strength produces? Yeah, so it's basically like an oversized belt. Um, I guess to back up, the easiest way to explain it is to start with what does it do or what is it used for? Okay. So when you're going to do a heavy squat or heavy deadlift, something like that, one of the first things you're going to do is set your back in extension and you're going to hold it there throughout the lift. You're going to take a breath, hold it with your back set, complete the lift, and you don't want any movement in the spine during the lift. So the way that you're doing that is one, you're holding your breath, but you're also squeezing your abs in the front, your erectors in the back and all the other small muscles in between that I haven't taken the time to memorize. Um, When you do that, when you squeeze and you take that breath, you're, stomach will expand outward, except that if you have this weightlifting belt, it can't. So the amount of pressure that you could generate just on your own versus what you could do with a weightlifting belt, uh, it's increased with the weightlifting belt because the weightlifting belt does not allow you to expand out. Um, So that's kind of the, the basic idea of what it is. And then the next thing is, well, what would you make it out of? If the idea is that you do not want the belt to be able to expand out. You want it out of a stiff material. Um, In a a crazy ideal world, I guess you could imagine a metal cylinder (laughs) like around (laughs) your waist. That that, that would be something that would definitely not expand. Um, You would not want, for instance, something that was stretchy like a giant rubber band. 
because that's that's defeating the purpose. You also don't want something that's padded. So people over the years, we're not the first ones to come up with this idea, but they make it out right. of something called a top grain leather. Um, some of the more or less expensive belts out there are made out of something called split leather. And that's just a different section of the cowhide that has a much looser fiber structure. It's a much less expensive cut of leather, but it's way more spongier and stretchier than a top grain leather. So uh, it's, it's one of those things that's it's not at all obvious to people when they're looking online and they see a belt on Amazon, say, for $25 or something like that, and they see our belts. They're like, what in the world is the difference here? It starts with those materials, um, the, the, the very starting uh, raw materials that you use first. Um, then there's all the craftsmanship and everything after that. But if you're not starting with a correct material, you're not going to end up with a good product. Um, and that goes for the hardware and, and all the other components too. That's, that's very cool. The, the, the biggest thing for me, and I, you know, I, when I first started seriously strength training with a barbell, at least, um, I got to a certain point where I kind of noticed the exact same thing that you described was that my, my, that Valsalva maneuver, that big, deep breath, um, wasn't as tight and as rigid, um, as, as I thought I could make it. And that's when I sort of first started researching belts and kind of like, like you said, I, I thought to myself, like, yeah, it's like almost anything else in the fitness industry, they're, they're like the $25 ones and they can go up to a couple hundred. And I had no idea what I was looking at. Uh, thankfully I had already listened to you guys on a couple other podcasts. So I, I knew there was, you know, you, where your background was and I knew the quality and the, the, the care and craftsmanship you guys put into the product. And like I said, I have it. And the difference that I felt in my training right away, handling a heavy, heavy weight on my back and even pulling uh, from the floor, handling that heavy weight was, it was light and day difference. So if, if you're a person out there and you're thinking to yourself, especially if you're squatting, you're using barbell, squatting, deadlifting, pressing, bench pressing, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, how can I get that? I don't even want to say extra edge, but how can I, how can I step up my own training? Then I feel like if you're not wearing a belt already, it's just like buying a good pair of weightlifting shoes. It's about time to get that belt. Blake, you've got a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me just a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so Katie, if I kind of, I kind of talked about it a little bit, but, um, who are, who are these belts made for? Are we, is it only for novice lifters? Can advanced lifters, should advanced lifters be using these belts? Uh, talk to me like you're talking to someone who doesn't know anything about <laughs> the belt. Uh, yeah, basically if you're barbell training, then you could definitely um, use a belt. Uh, when we, when we first started out, it's good to form is the most important thing you can do, right. With training. Right. And that's why we both have coaches. Um, but once you get your form down after, you know, a month or so, that's going to differ for everybody. When you start barbell mm -hmm. training, uh, you'll quickly realize kind of what you did. You'll, you'll say, huh, I feel like I could get a little bit tighter. Um, I thought they, it looked weird when we first started training, I'd see people wear them and I was like, why would I wear that? It looks uncomfortable. It's unflattering. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. And then I just tried one out and I put my pride, you know, left that at the door. You learn that too with training, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of early on. And I said, okay, let me try this. Everyone else is doing it. Um, once I realized, you know, it wasn't a safety thing. It was specifically to, to help you lift, uh, and, and yeah, it made a ton of difference. And so it's definitely for men and women. Um, and it's definitely for older lifters as well. We get a lot of people that start strength training later in life. 
like 50s and 60s. And um, yeah, they could definitely use a belt. And so, and that's also why we have, uh, we've kind of broadened our style range over time as we've grown. And yeah. so there's definitely some styles that are um, probably a little bit better for, you know, certain types of lifters. I, I want to say that in quotations, just because, <laughs> you know, there could be a 50 year old who's really knows what they're doing. And then there could be a 50 year old who has never stepped in a, in a, in a gym before. So yeah. Sure. So, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark that the styles factor. I kind of want to touch on that and mm -hmm. uh, maybe explain that a little bit. But uh, the first thing that came to my mind before I started getting serious about the barbell training was all of these things that go into barbell training. They they that stereotypical meathead look. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I that's that's what I viewed it all as. Like yeah. you know, people using chalk. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. fine. People weightlifting shoes. All right, fine. Um, you know, wearing a belt. You, I, this was in the not so distant past where I, I just, nothing really, it didn't really click with me because I wasn't taking that part of it very seriously. Now that I am, all those things are just tools to get you better at, at the art of strength training. They're, they're just tools that you need. Right. Um, just like a quality bar, just like quality plates, good platform, all of that thing, all of those things play together. So, so tell me a little bit more about the styles. What were you talking about there? Yeah, so we have lots of different styles um, and we have a couple different widths. We currently only make uh, our belts in either, uh, so the width, right? Um, either yep. a three inch wide um, or a four inch belt. And uh, the, the biggest thing we say about that is that almost everybody can start with a three inch belt um, unless you're really tall and um, maybe over 200 pounds, but which is mostly males. There's definitely yeah. females who can wear four inch belts. Don't get me wrong. Um, and that's just because that has to do more with your torso length mm -hmm. than anything else. You really want the belt to fit your, your torso length and it's not bigger is better. Uh, we have to talk a lot of lifters out of that. that are like, no, but I want a four inch cause I want to lift the most. And we're like, yeah. I get, I get it. I want to wear a four inch as well, but I'm five, six <laughs> and it's just way overkill and it's uncomfortable and it, you don't want the belt to get in the way. Right. When yeah, you're setting right. up and, and yeah, so that, for, yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. But for the, for the longest time, even before, you know, we were in the belt business, the gold standard was a four inch 13 millimeter belt. Like all the extremely strong people setting world records were wearing those belts. And so everybody thought that that's what you get is a four inch 13 millimeter. And uh, Mark Ripito with starting strength has actually been at the front of pushing the idea that you don't need a four inch belt just because that's the way it's always been done. In fact, most people that lift can't use a four inch. There's just not enough room between the base of your rib cage and yep. the top of your hips. And so people will put on this, you know, crazy stiff, heavy belt, try one squ squat with it, realize this is not going to work. And so they think a belt's not for them, but there's a whole lot between that monster of a belt and our like three inch single ply say mm -hmm. it's, you know, very pliable right out of the box. Um, and it's kind of what Katie was saying for like an older lifter that's never used a belt before. This is something that's going to be much more approachable and usable for them than something that's, you know, crazy stiff and, and much thicker. And that's something that you can use for your entire lifting career. If you, if you stick with that size belt mm -hmm. and it works for you, that's, you don't, it's not like you, you take a step back to that belt and work your way up to four inch. If it works for you, like for me, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to use. And um, so I was asking some friends what they were using 
these are all much larger guys than me and they were all using a bigger belt. They were much longer torso, just broader in general. So I jumped on and Blake, I think I talked to you on, uh, on, in, on Instagram. And I said, what should I get here? Here's my like five eleven. at the time I was about 30 pounds, uh, lighter than I am now. And, and you're, and you're like, uh, no, you three inch belt should work just fine. And I got it and it's, it fits perfectly. Um, so the, the difference between that three inch and four inch, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. And I didn't really realize that there was maybe like a discrepancy. I thought people just would just kind of figure that out. Like if I'm, if I'm not a giant person, <laughs> then maybe, then maybe yeah. I don't need that larger belt, but sure. uh, I can kind of see that. Like, I guess, you know, you're looking at somebody who lifts, you know, hundreds and more pounds than you. And you're thinking, well, I'm going to do exactly what they do down to the T. So give me that thicker belt. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same as like when you watch people lift, right? Like no two people are going to squat and look the same. It's the same idea, right? Like your body is your body. So get the, get the belt that fits you. And that's the belt that's going to like help you the most. Yep. So here's something that just came to mind. Um, I'm experiencing this myself. Squatting, no problem. No pinching. Um, I've got a pretty short torso the way it is. It's like my ribs basically touch my hips. I mean, it's, it's pretty snug there when I'm deadlifting and tell me what you think of this. I've started rotating my buckle to the back oh, because all the way to the back. yeah, like all the way around because I, I was getting some, I mean, it, you know, just, it, it was, it was getting very uncomfortable. Um, and maybe that's a little bit of technique also. I, I'm starting to change that a little bit too. But I've, I've started rotating that guy all the way to the back and it seems to be working for me just fine. And I don't know if you've maybe experienced that for yourselves or with other lifters as well. What do you think? It comes up a lot. Yeah, um, really. yeah because you think about that three inch belt, the belt itself is three inches, but the buckle is about mm-hmm. four inches wide. And if that's what's in the very front, right over the softest part of your belly, yeah, and, and you're bent over, you know, hunched over for a deadlift, it's very likely you're going to end up getting some pinching or something going on in there. I don't rotate mine all the way to the back. I'll bring it around to, I don't know, two o'clock or something. I always look at where that loop is mm-hmm. and I try to point it straight forward and then have the buckle just kind of on my side, wherever it ends up. And for me, that's taken out that pinching that happens. But yeah, I, I, I take care not to let that buckle be right in the front on right. the softest part of your belly because that can happen. Yeah. This is, yeah, same for me. So I use, um, I generally, I either use our single ply for like personal training, um, either a single ply or I use a dominion double ply, but those are both three inch belts. And when okay. I, when I tighten mine, I like kind of step up to the rack and use it to really ratchet my belt down. And when I yeah. do that motion, it kind of rotates my buckle about to that two o'clock position as well. Cause same thing, like that's the worst feeling when you're ready to deadlift, oh. you're mentally ready, you take that breath and you're like, Oh God, like <laughs> yeah. we, have to start, we have to start over. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's super common. And it's one of those things that's like, there's not a, you kind of just have to work with it. You know, yep. there's not a, an answer, but like you can do it and rotating it around if that works for you, that's, that's fine. Good. And I bring that up because I, I figure if somebody's out there looking for their first belt they squat with it, you know, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. You just kind of get used to the fact that until you break it in a little bit, it's not going to be super comfortable. And then you kind of just get used to it feeling a certain way. And that doesn't become uncomfortable. You're just like, yep, this is how it's supposed to feel. But the first time somebody squats down, it's a little bit of a shock and you think, holy cow, I don't have something set up right. So, you know, just, just like, like Blake and Katie said, 
figure out what works for you, stick with it and make the adjustments as you need to, because it's, you know, the, the payoffs definitely worth it. Um, so you talked a little bit about the three inch and the four inch and you mentioned single, but Kay, you just brought up double ply. Uh, can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the differences between single ply and double ply? Sure. Yeah. So we've got um, a whole line of belts at this point and we um, kind of our, our most inexpensive model um, is our single ply belt. And when I say single ply, a uh, ply is like the strap of leather, like the long piece of leather. That's how they come in. That's how they start. And then we hand make them up from there. Um, single ply is just going to be one single piece of leather. Um, and then so you get that open leather on the bottom and that top leather finish on the outside of your belt. Um, in between that, we make the same idea, but we cover both pieces of that leather with suede. Um, and suede provides a little bit of grip. And that's also kind of, uh, that's the first belt we ever made. That was what we thought kind of weightlifting belts look like when we started. Um, and it's what a lot of people kind of have in their head when they say weightlifting belt kind of. So that's our double suede belt, but it's just got that one piece of leather in the middle. Um, and then we also make double ply belts, which are two plies of leather. Um, they, they're the most expensive option and that's because the leather itself is the most expensive material um, and you're getting twice as much of that. Um, and those, you'll either have leather on the inside of that or we'll finish it with a piece of suede inside and suede just provides more grip. So if you've ever used a belt and it, you feel like it kind of moves around on your back, you can feel it a little bit in the bottom of a deadlift or a squat. Um, suede is one of those things that'll help it kind of stay in place. And so, and then the outside is, uh, it's just a different type of leather. Um, Blake can go into that, but, uh, it just provides a nice, uh, kind of pristine, like leather finish. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's going to give you the look on the leather is something called the tannage. Uh, so these are all, uh, top grain vegetable tan leathers, but they go through different processes. Um, and the outermost layer is something that has a higher aesthetic grade than what you would normally use for just going to be the middle piece on a belt. Um, right. So that, that's what ends up driving some of the costs there, but it also gives you the aesthetic look once you add some oil and treat it and everything. Um, so like Katie was saying, the, the double suede belt is kind of what people think of when they think of a weightlifting belt. And that's just your inner structural piece of leather with two pieces of suede on either side. When we go from that to the single ply, it's effectively just that center piece of leather. So you're getting all the structural benefit of the belt. You just don't have the suede. It's like the most minimal gotcha. weightlifting belt that you can get. Uh, and then from there up, we would ply two of those pieces of leather together. Um, we split them down initially so that once they go together, they're still at that 10 millimeter thickness. All, all of our belts, except for the single plier, or 10 millimeters. Uh, and we'll just, we'll just trim those down so that when you put them together, you end up with that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay. So, so you nailed that a single versus double. Now let's talk about small, medium, and large, um, mm -hmm. or if there's any other sizes, because that was also something that I had on my mind uh, at the time. And I wasn't sure like how flexible, cause there needs to be some flexibility as a person gets stronger, things are going to get bigger. Um, so, Talk a little bit about that. Who's ideal maybe for small? Is there an ideal for uh, medium and large? Uh, and then, you know, above and beyond that. Yeah. So this is the most common question we get. Um, mm -hmm. We've got sizes that are extra small up through extra large. Uh, okay. The extra small bottoms out at 20 inches, which is actually very small. And the XL goes up to 50 inches. And then we've got 
every size in between. Uh, each belt has 11 holes on it. And so what that does is it gives you a center hole measurement and then okay. plus or minus five on either side. So each belt has 10 inches of adjustability. What you're trying to do is pick a belt that's got that center hole measurement closest to your waist measurement. So that way you've got the most room either side to go. Uh, it's almost never going to be exactly in the center. So what you end up doing is considering what are your training goals? Are you planning on bulking up? Are you trying to slim down? And then you pick which belt, you know, then would be appropriate based on that. Uh, we've got a really good video on our website that we recommend everybody goes and looks at uh, before they select a size. And it goes through step-by-step, step, like how to measure, um, how to pick your belt based on the measurement. There's, a, there's one detail with measuring. So when you measure and you're just relaxed, when you put a, a belt on and you tighten it down, you're actually going to tighten it a couple inches tighter than that measurement. So all, all this stuff is you know, it's, it's in the weeds, but it's covered in that video. And every time somebody has gone and watched that, we haven't, well, I won't say every time we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have fewer problems uh, with people getting a wrong size belt when they go through the video step-by-step step and, and do a good measurement. Um, don't use your pant size. You wear your pants right. typically a lot lower than you'd wear a weightlifting belt. And that's, right. that's almost always going to lead you wrong. So yeah, go, go check out that video, dominionstrengthtraining.com. Uh, it's just up at the top, how to select your size and that'll, that'll steer you in the right direction. Cool. And I'll definitely link that, um, to the show notes also. So people, people can check that out. Um, but what's, what's interesting, cause I, I was in that same, I was in that weird area where I, I knew I had a lot of weight to gain. And, um, and I was thinking to myself, like how much flexibility do I need to get myself? And literally today, as I was leaving the gym, uh, one of my buddies was telling me about this new belt that he got. He uses a lever belt. And he said something about, you know, you know, whatever company he was talking about made it to where he can just like unclick it, click it back in. And I was like, oh, that's great. I said, I kind of like mine though. And I flipped mine out and I said, cause I get to see, I kind of like, I had the markings of like where I started, mm -hmm. you know, the rub marks to where I am now. And I was like, I like seeing this, like the, the yeah. wear marks, how that is. I, I, I enjoy that. And I've got, um, I still got some, some room to move in and then you might later down the road my goals change i can kind of get adjusted with that so that's very nice so like one belt uh, do you recommend most people get one belt or is it like a hey be flexible get a belt that works for you now and then figure it out later or is it is it just uh grab one and run with it go ahead probably a personal okay. probably more personal <laughs> decision than anything right yeah i mean i think like our, our belts are going to last as long as you're training um, and then like we said, we, we stick by them. Right. So as long as we're around, we're gonna, we're gonna take care of you. Something, um, for some reason does go wrong with your belt, but because that belt's going to last, I always say like, try to get the belt that you want to train with 10 years yep. from now. So if you're choosing between, you know, like say, uh, single ply and the double suede and you're like, Oh money, I don't know. Say, okay, well, you know, 10 years from now, like, who do you want to be your lifting buddy? Cause that's going to be your best lifting buddy. Um, and same thing with training goals. If you're, you're buying your belt in December and you know, in January, you're going to do go, mad, you're going to do go mad, right? <laughs> like you're, you're a 22 year old dude and you're like, I'm going to gain weight. Maybe get the larger size. Don't get the one to where you, you barely fit in it. Right. Get, so just be really realistic with your training goals. Right. Same as right. if you, same as if you're going into January saying, this is the year I'm going to be different. Right. 
you know, get the belt that fits you now. And if you can get towards that center hole, if you're not sure, if you don't have goals to really gain or lose a lot, try to go for that center hole because that's going to last okay. you. So uh, more often than not, people will get a belt that's too large as well. I think, wow. I think they, they measure kind of like they would with clothing. They say, well, I don't, I don't want it to be too small. But remember that you're wearing your belt tightly, right? Yeah. And you're going to be bracing against it and it, it won't work if you can't get it tight enough. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. And in terms of style, um, it's very much going to be a personal preference. Like what's, what's really the difference between a single ply and, you know, a, a, a double ply in terms of the amount of hoop strain you're going to get out of this belt. It's not that much. It's going to right. be a little bit different, but it's not going to be that different. So if you're thinking of it in terms of comfort, um, you know, your, your trainer has told you, Hey, it's, it's time for us to get a belt on these squats or something like that. And, you know, you're not sure what to get, go with a single ply. It's going to be the simplest for you to buckle and unbuckle. Uh, it's going to be very, um, pliable and broken in feeling right out of the box. There's really not going to be anything, um, that you're going to have to do to it for you to be able to just, you know, strap it on and, and start using it. Um, as you go up, through, um, you know, up to a double ply, they're going to be stiffer, you know, you're going to, and you, that would be very noticeable if you were holding both of them in your hand at the same time. Right. So, you know, it, you can, you can break those in just fine. They'll end up being, you know, very, uh, very pliable over time. But if you want something right out of the box, it's going to be the easiest to use single ply. If you're fine with going through a little bit of a break-in period and it being a little stiffer in the beginning, something more towards a double ply might be good for you. Right. Yeah. I noticed that about my, my single ply didn't take long at all to break in. And now it's, now it's extremely, I'm not going to say, I shouldn't say extremely pliable, but it's much, much easier to, to get that, the stiffness that I need. Mm -hmm. And well, it fits you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. And I, and, and again, if you're, if you're on the fence about it, once you jump in and start using a belt, it's a, it's a game changer. Um, oh, there was something that was on my mind and it just, it just slipped. I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm sure it was like gold too. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to it if I think about it, but, oh, this is, this is all great. You know, a lot of people who are, who are getting started and maybe they're at that point, this is a lot of information for them to handle. So that's, I really appreciate this. Um, when we first jumped on our phone call and we, we started talking about you know, what's important to us and we, we mentioned briefly on the whole COVID issue and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I think people have already talked about that. And one thing that we did bring up though, and Katie, you you had mentioned this was like the, this training factor, using your training um, to find like a positive moment in your day. We, we briefly touched on that. And that I think, cause I, because I found, barbell training specifically through like while at the very beginning of, of the lockdown when things first happened huh. in March and I, and I haven't looked back. Right. So that's when I, that's when I really like dove all in official I had in my basement was that and a couple dumbbells and, you know, a rack to do some stuff on. And so that was like the, that was this, this positive um, thing for me that I know I could look forward to every single day, no matter what else happened. And I'm going to be completely honest. I probably had it a lot easier than most. Um, hopefully you guys can say the same. So day to day, you know, it wasn't that bad, but I knew that training was going to be there no matter what. It was going to be the really hard physical thing that I'm going to do mentally also. And so I'm wondering how did 
uh, I'm, I'm assuming this also affected your guys' business, um, the lockdown and COVID right now, positively and negatively. But training-wise, what, what adjusted for you guys? Um, so personally, I can only, I, I'll let Blake say his piece. I actually doubled down on training during, during quarantine and, and for about the same reason as you. So we're very lucky, um, that we, so the state that we're in, we're in Florida, okay. um, lockdowns weren't as severe as they were in other parts of the country. And so, um, you know, like we didn't have issues going to the grocery store or, or anything like that. So, um, and then we, we quickly realized about a month into quarantine that we kind of quarantine already because we work together, we live together, we don't have any other employees, by the way. So, so it's just us. And yeah. other than getting groceries, I was like, okay, well, we're kind of quarantined. This is great. So, um, so that was a blessing. And um, we already had um, a rack and barbell set up at our warehouse. So I got a coach. Um, I had kind of been training on my own and I said, you know, I'd really like some accountability that that's really helpful mm -hmm. for me. Um, and it's been, it's mentally, it's been like a game changer. And I think that's, what's overlooked with training. It's such a positive because it's something you're doing for your physical well-being, Right. Yep. But I think the mental benefits that you get from it, that, that you reap from that are so much bigger than the physical aspects. So why wouldn't you do it? Cause it affects, it kind of helps every part of your life at the end of the day. So I agree. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. We, we both jumped in on, uh, getting our own trainers this year. And for me, that was important because even though we weren't personally affected so much by the whole situation, it was still very stressful to see everything that was going on and the uncertainty and everything that goes along with that. And for me, it was, for whatever reason, it just made it that much easier to say, well, I need to focus on the business today. I don't really have time to train. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that just gets kind of pushed to the back burner. Whereas if you hire somebody to um, do your programming for you, who's going to watch your training videos, all that kind of good stuff, um, suddenly that's going to push you uh, in a way that you just may not have been able to do yourself. And to me, that, that, was, that was really important because it just the, – the amount of progress I've made over this year versus what I was able to do on my own the last two years, it's yeah. like leaps and bounds uh, ahead of what I was able to do on my own. And, you know, the, as far as the, the mental benefits, when you're going for a limit set of three or five, something like that on a deadlift or a squat, there's no room in your mind for anything else, especially not any, any negative thoughts so whatsoever. So, so for that little amount of time, you know, you're completely focused on one single solitary thing. And then, you know, after you've, you've trained and, and it's over for the day, I, I, it just gives me a, a better feeling about the rest of the day. It's almost like, you know, a little bit of a, a lifter's high. I, I don't know what you'd call it, but you know, yeah, it's not to say that the training itself is always super pleasant. A lot of times no. I think you feel like Terrible. you enjoy having trained <laughs> as opposed oh, yeah. to, to mm -hmm. doing the training. So, and I feel like it makes all those little fires that come up in life, right. Cause they just, they do, whether it's personal or business, when that happens, for me, because I'm definitely like chicken with my head cut off, like naturally, that's my first response when things go wrong. It helped me kind of quiet that and say like, okay, yeah, this is stressful, but we can do it. Like step one. And I, as someone who's probably in the back of my head, kind of been hard on myself and maybe said I couldn't do it. Lifting is just like, uh, or just, tra just training, right? Being consistent with it. 
and seeing the progress over time, you, you can't refute it, even if you are someone yeah. who's really hard on themselves, because you're like, well, I've clearly done it. So why can't I do this next thing? Right? Or I, right. I can take care of this thing that's gone wrong. So yeah, I, I completely agree. People don't really talk about that as often as they should. They're really focusing on how that build, builds your mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can withstand, if you first, if you can, what, what does Matt Reynolds call it? Um, voluntary hardship. I mm-hmm. love that term. Yeah. And that's something that Barbell Logic has kind of coined. And I, I love that because if, if you, first of all, you, if you can make time for yourself to put yourself through something extremely ch- physically challenging, already going through the day, knowing that that's going to happen, uh, eventually it becomes part of just what you do. So, but you know, there's always like a little bit of dread until you're mm-hmm. doing it and that <laughs> dread kind of dissipates, but it's like working yourself up to it. Just like starting your own business when you start your own business. There's a little bit of dread, a little bit of uncertainty. You know, you're going to have to push through it, but you're not going to get crushed by it. You know, you're not mm-hmm. going to die. You're going mm-hmm. to get stronger <laughs> afterwards. So all those things, it's, it's so it's, as I'm saying it, I know it sounds a little cheesy, but it's true. Like it's, they're, they're great metaphors for themselves. And it's weird to me when I hear people who are extremely smart, especially in my industry, uh, well, being in the industry that I'm in, when I hear people talk about who are very intelligent, great thinkers, they don't take the time to really push themselves as hard as they can. Like you're, you're so, you know, you're, you're like an intellectual and they don't really get that connection to where, man, if they would just push themselves a little bit harder physically, what that does to that intellectual process, it's, it's a game changer. Oh yeah. And if you've never done it, you know, like, and That's you're sm- and you're used to being the smartest person in the room, why would you consider it? So yeah. and it's, it's really easy to not do really hard things in our kind of modern society for, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, because right, most things are easy and you can just turn on YouTube and get a fitness thing and just dance or, you know, or do whatever you want or just get a bike delivered to your house. And, but, but, you can know, not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have power to you, power to you, but doing mm-hmm. this, but doing yeah. this for me, I don't know. It's, it's, I was not someone who uh, was like super active growing up. I was the stay inside and read a book kid. And so I came okay. into this with even, not a whole lot of experience and just in being physically active. Um, and so, yeah, I really like this. It's uh, being competitive with myself, like pushing yourself, I think is something that everyone can relate to, right? Like even yep. if you're not competitive in a team sense, this is just such a, you, you just want to be slightly better than you were yesterday. Yep. There, there's and, something too about like when you hit some PR singles you know, that you never thought you'd hit. That's different than running a 5k a minute faster than you did last time. I, I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but yeah. like the, the first time you squat three plates, the first time you hit, you know, three plates and a 25, maybe you hit four plates. When you do that and you surprise yourself and you, you're like, I never thought I could do that. Then you start to think, well, what else might I be able to do? You know, yeah. it, it just, it makes everything else, uh, even the stuff outside the weight room just seem maybe that much more doable, less Mm -hmm. intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, Less intimidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you, when you start to see the weight creep on the bar, um, especially from the very beginning and you think to yourself like, man, there's how in the world am I ever going to squat this, press that deadlift, whatever, whatever the exercise is. And then you, and then you look back on your paper and you're like, I remember when I didn't think I could do this. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I could do that. And, and now, and then you start to realize 
man, down the road in another few months, another six months, another year, you know, all of these other pages that I turn are just going to be, you know, something that I had to go through for the, you know, for, for that next big step. And it's, it's powerful. It's so powerful. It's, it's, it can be life-changing if you let it. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. you have to like, just believe in yourself just enough to try just enough to start. And if you just stick with it, um, I think, uh, I think everyone ends up surprising themselves. I think so too. And you guys did it right. You got a coach You knew you could do it on your own. And there comes a point where you're like, uh, what do I do now? So mm -hmm. good for you guys for making that decision. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so Blake and Katie, I, I appreciate the time. If people have questions, comments, concerns about uh, picking, picking a, a belt or anything else, where's the best place to get a hold of you guys? You can email us uh, team at dominionstrength.com. Uh, we're also at Dominion Strength on Instagram. You can hit us up either place and it'll be either myself or Katie that gets back to you. Um, and yeah, we're a, we're a small business. It's just the two of us. If you'd like a belt and you'd like something that is, you know, the highest quality that we know how to build, hit us up. You know, we'd be happy to make a belt for you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's awesome. just dominionstrengthtraining.com. Yep. That's our website. We saw all of our styles there. And then uh, if you go to the website too, we've got that sizing video there and we've also got uh, all our other reviews. We've been on a couple other podcasts if you'd like yep. to know more. Um, and then we keep, yeah, all of our lead times and stuff up to date on there. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys so much for what you do. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time today. So uh, everybody, I hope you get a hold of Blake and Katie. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks guys. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Thank you.